co, co, come mai, co, come mai, la Champions League tu non la vici mai. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Brothers of the World podcast. Uh, back again another week. Um, we missed the midweek, but we've got plenty to talk about, and let's go ahead and get into it. We've got Risto here. Yep, we're back, yeah. and who else is back, Mike? Oh, we've got Chino, too. I don't know where he's been. Don't know what he's been doing, but he decided that we are worthy of his presence. So, <laughs> hello. Busy watching Paris in Vermont. Or taking care of his um, unlawful child. <laughs> uh, all his deep bank accounts in the Caribbean. <laughs> all his vacations. It's good to be back. Doing some pirate shit. You guys, you know, I've been listening to you guys. You guys have been struggling without me, so I had to come back to save this podcast. Oh, curious, like a good of you. Good of you. <laughs> you, you know what's even better? That Inter is not struggling without Icardi, though. I mean, that's a good positive. I guess. That's a step I guess. up. I guess. <laughs> I'm a little bit sad, but, you uh, know, we're good. Yeah, well, go ahead, um... We'll we'll work back through the matches that we've missed. So we'll go ahead and start with what happened yesterday um, at home against Hellas. Um, Risto, if you want to walk us through the lineups. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty expected lineup with a few exceptions, I would say. I mean, Handanovic was, again, uh, the main keeper. Then we have Vestskriniar, uh, Devray, Bastoni in in the back three, of course. Um, Lazaro, Vecino... Brozovic, Barella, Biragi in the midfield five. And we had uh, Martinez and um, Lukaku up top who provided a bit of depth. So, I mean, did any did any um, player in the starting eleven surprise you guys? Um, I wanted to see Lazaro, and I wasn't sure if we would. So seeing him was nice. Um, we heard a couple of days before the match, I think the day before, about Sensi re-aggravating whatever's been going on. So to see him out again was a disappointment. But we got Vecino instead of Gagliardini this time because if you've got the same player playing every time, doing the same thing, you need to switch these two guys up so you're still getting the same constant average output that you're going to get from them. <laughs> uh, I mean, back, ev- three, ev- back three was pretty ev- standard. Bastoni... Um, coming in, uh, he's looked nice. So, I mean, other than that, you can't complain. Every single player start, starting over Gagliardini is an upgrade. So, yeah. I mean, Chin, did any any of, of the starting lineups or any players in the starting lineup surprise you, as Mikey said? Um, no surprise, really. I'm just happy to see Lazaro get in some minutes, actually. We've been waiting a little while to see him. Um, he seems to actually be coming on now, so I'm just happy to see him again. So, I mean, he's not looking as bad as we first thought you know, when he was playing, you know, just coming on off the bench. Yeah, I wanted to see Lazaro too because he's been um, hot and cold so far. I've seen him play for Austria against Macedonia in the Euro qualifiers. He's been very good. So, I mean, that's not really indicator <laughs> because our national team is kind of shit. Yeah. But still, like, you can see that uh, a player that the player has some potential and that he's offensively very, very good. But uh, I honestly, like Bastoni so far this season has been really decent. Uh, Godin has been as Lazaro, hot and cold. He has some good, really good games, but some of them were terrible. So, what do you make of that? Ah, <sighs> I don't know. 
a little disappointing, especially for the um, leadership aspect. But I mean, Bastoni has come into the defense and he's been great, you know. So I have no complaints really. But I mean, I expect I just want Gooden to be not a flop really. Actually, you know, I have bad uh, memories of Vidic and what Vidic was. I don't want Gooden to be that. I don't want him to be a flop. Uh, he, but... He's not going to be that. Um, I do think that he is aging, and that's why he can't get this time in the squad is because he's got these kind of – maybe not injuries, but he doesn't have the legs to play as much as he used to and as often as you want to see him in the lineup, like guys like – Lukaku and Martinez have been getting the steady time, and Brozovic has been a mainstay in the side, but Godin just hasn't. And I think we'd all like that to be just because, I mean, it's a big name. He's one of the best center backs over the past decade. But, yeah, it's pretty disappointing to see him, I guess, falling off, you could say. But it's still good. Yeah. But, I think center back is the least of our worries. Yeah, so, I mean that's definitely. Yeah, I mean I was I wasn't pointing out towards that that uh, it's uh, it's a worry for our team. But I was just interested in what what did you think both of you about Bastoni being really good so far and did he deserve uh, the chance to? I mean, does he deserve to, the chance to start over uh, Goodin in the next couple of games, especially because? Uh, we've seen that Schreiner has been struggling on the left side because he's not a left uh, left-footed player, and he's more suited toward you know, on the on the right. And we've seen how good he was yesterday, both him and um, Devray. And Bastoni, being a natural left-footed player, he's been very good uh, in adapting uh, to that side. And I've read that Fede had an article about Pirol, I think, getting the chance in the next few games. The the youngster from the Primavera. I mean, it's it's a good time. It's it's good times for every single Primavera guy that they can they can see the examples with Bastoni and Esposito that they can get to the the Inter team in the future. I mean, it's it's the most promising players that we've seen in the last five years. So I'm excited to see. I I think Bastoni deserves the chance to to start over good in the next wow. game against Torino in two weeks. Um, yeah, I mean, we're not used to having that kind of pipeline between the Primavera and the first team, really, are we? I mean, to have more than one guy. So what now? Bastoni wasn't from our Primavera. He's just young. Remember, we bought him from Atalanta. But still, he's young. Yeah, 20, I mean, well, 20, you, you, can't, you can't be playing in the Primavera at 20, can you? Well, he could have been last year, but he was on loan just because yeah. he was superseding that expectation. But I mean, to see Esposito come in, to have um, – I think Vergani was on the bench yesterday. Uh, Fonseca was on the bench yesterday. Like, these guys are breaking in, and whether it be because we've got guys dropping like flies or because of their quality themselves, I mean, it's something we don't usually see. I think DeBoer tried a couple of guys from the Primavera, but, I mean, before that you had Stramaccioni try. Oh, he didn't even try though, did he? Okay, I bit. think he only had guys. Can... He only had best say, if I'm not mistaken. Wait, carrying ah, back, back, back to that conversation, carrying back to that conversation with Gooden. That's a huge call you're asking there for. Asking for Bastoni to replace Gooden in the lineup or 
give him another chance. I wouldn't go that far. Really and truly. If anybody, yeah, I, I think if there's anything, Skriniar could get a rest. Since Skriniar is the one struggling on the right side of the defense over Gooden. But, you know, I, I wouldn't replace I, I can't make a call and say Gooden should be rested over. But so he looks capable and that's all well and good. But Gooden is what he is. One of the best defenders in the world still. So I wouldn't go that far to say that Mbappé should take over that spot. Or even... I mean, he's 20. Um, the the guy's not really gonna be ready to start day in day out for a club like Inter. But I mean, he's shown that he can start when he needs to. But if you've got someone like Godin yeah. that's healthy that can start, um, yeah, he needs to be starting. I, and so. I don't think anything we can say about that. Yeah, but I only said that. I mean, my point was that Bastoni playing good, he deserves a chance to start. That doesn't mean that he will start or he has to start. Yeah. I, I was just saying that he has to be, in a way, awarded for the for the game that he had, especially that young and that with not so many experiences under his belt. And yeah, I mean, you previously said you compared Godish, Godin with Vidic. Like Vidic has been injury prone even before he arrived at Inter. Yeah. Um, Back then, we didn't have anyone besides Vidic in the in the back line. I think only we had uh, JJ and Ranoki, if I'm not mistaken. Now you have De Vrij and Skriniar who will cover for Godin when Godin doesn't play good or makes a mistake. We spoke about that throughout the summer. Like We have guys now that even one of them, if, if the one of them makes a mistake, the other guy or the, both of them um, can can cover for him. So... Yeah, the comparison is not valid in my opinion. But Godin, I think Godin is very good for the the big games because he had the experience. He knows how to how to like mark players. But in the in the small games in which you have the most of the game uh, under your control, like Verona yesterday, even though they scored uh, with their first chance, still like Verona is Verona. Verona will never attack. Inter- yeah. We've seen the example with Slavia Praga, how different that is. We consider Slavia Praga as, you know, a small team. But in Champions League, there's no small team. Every single one of the teams is either one of the best teams in the league or the best team in the league. Yeah. So they're used to the play that Inter is playing. So they're playing very similar to Barcelona, to Dortmund. We've seen how um, how good Slavia Praga were. So you cannot, in my opinion, use Bastoni against those teams, but Godin against them would be the perfect matchup. Yeah, like, okay, so the following game against Torino, you're going to put in Bastoni to face up against Bellotti, you know? Against who? Fatke yeah, and whatnot. These guys, you know? But, I mean, man, there's a whole international break. Um, I actually like the idea of starting Bastoni in that game just because Godin's probably going back to Uruguay and is going to play two or three 90 minutes, and then fly halfway and then we across do the world. Midweek. Uh, just to start. Yeah. Yeah, and we have champions midweek to start a Saturday match against Torino. Like, I think Bastoni could start in that game. But, I mean, to get back to the game that just happened, uh, what did you guys think about the first half? Um, I know it started out pretty ugly with the penalty and going down, but – the response seemed a lot better than we had in years past, and it's starting to become a, a pattern because against Bologna, we responded the same way. So, 
what did you guys think about the going down, the kind of questionable play by Handanovic and the response to that? Chima deserves to say whatever he wants because he's been the most absent from the podcast. Um, it's something we get accustomed to so far and it's something we should expect from Conte or Conte's team to have fights and determination. I think um, last year, the Spalletti, how many points? We, I, I think I saw, I saw a stat that maybe it was four points alone we recovered after going down or being behind. Wow. Yeah. We had a bad season last year. Anytime we went down last, last season, there was no hope really of coming back. We didn't look like there was any chance that it didn't happen. And we see any difference on the Conte now. Conte has bring, brought that fight, that spirit to the team that never gave up attitude. Something that we expected and it's actually it's showing the fruits of it already. That this team fights till the end. So, I mean, I'm not worried. I, I wasn't worried. I was disappointed or upset that we went down. But mistakes happen, you know. That... Nanovich coming out there, tackling them, it happens. But the team fight fought back instantly and kept going and kept going and kept going. The only worry is, as Conte would say, and I mean, we'll talk about that later on, is the lack of depth and lack of quality that we can bring somebody off the bench to give us that extra bit of quality to win the game or win games. But so far, it's been happening. So far, so good. Can't complain at all. I thought so too, because look at the first half, for example. We had a chance with Lazaro in the first 10 minutes, I think it was. Mm. And then a few minutes later, um, Verona went out for the first time from their, um, from their half and they got a penalty. I mean, it was a penalty, let's yeah. be honest. Uh, Handanovic should have never tackled the player like that because... Handanovic is not someone that goes out of his line or goes out of his depth and comfort zone that often, mm-hmm. even on corner kicks. So to see him get out and make a penalty, it was disappointing because, I mean, if you go out for, for every single ball, okay, it's understandable. But if you go out for one ball in 10 attempts and you make a penalty, it's like, come on, you're, be, you're getting paid for it to do that. But then again... Like, it's Verona. I was sure that we're going to at least score in the first half, which we didn't do, but we had a few chances. Yeah. Um, I remember Lukaku uh, shooting outside, um, just close to the post. And then De Vrij had a nice shot from, like, 30 minutes or 25 meters. Rather. I think that we, we played a really good first half. Um, Lautaro and Lukaku were both playing with their back at the goal. Um, their goalkeeper, Marco Silvestri, was decent. I honestly have never heard of him before. <laughs> and um, as we spoke with Mike uh, like a week ago or something like that, that Brozic needs, needs a rest because we've seen the first half, even though he runs a lot, we saw that he he's tired. Like, I don't, I don't want to see him start from Croatia, for Croatia. And I, I want him to, to, to rest. I don't know who's Croatia playing with, against, but We'll have that uh, covered next week on, ne- on the next uh, episode. But anyways, like, I, I expected more for in the first half, especially against such a, such a weak uh, Verona side without Miguel Veloso. But, I mean, yeah, that's my, that's my opinion on the first half. And uh, before Mikey says whatever he wants, I just wanted to ask you both, what did you make of uh, Salcedo in the first half? Um. 
I mean, I kind of expected Salcedo to score <laughs> just because, you know, the curse, the inter-curse. But um, I thought he was kept pretty quiet. Um, I didn't really see him do too much. He was trying to run in behind. But when you've got three absolute giant trees at the back, like we've got, I mean, Bastoni, DeVry, Scrini are, are all tall dudes. Yeah. Vecino, too, in the midfield is a tall guy. And then you've got this smaller guy. I think he's still a teenager. I mean, he's still really young, trying to get in behind and, like, muscle around with these dudes. He's just going to get lost. And I felt like that's what happened with him in the first half. But as for us, um, I thought we responded well. We pinned Verona back for long stretches of the match. And Brozovic had some shots. Um yeah, Lautaro, Kaku had their chances. Everyone had chances. Devry had chances. Brozovic, and the goal was going to come. It was just a matter of when. We we had so many shots that were blocked by either uh, Verona's like goalkeeper or most of the time by their defenders. Like I, as you said, Brozovic had like at least two or three shots in the first half, and the beginning of the second half they would they were blocked. I was like, come on, let's score. For fuck's sake. Um, also, Vecino, uh, I, I noticed that he's consulting in the opposition's half. Or not the opposition half, but the opposition's uh, 16 meters. Um, 16 or about. Yeah, area. Um, and he's acting as a, like, a, like a third striker. So I, I just wanted to, to point that out because that's interesting. And that just goes to show how, how good of a player Vecino is. And, he can I mean, be, he even can though be. he's not... He can be. I don't think he's... Yeah. He can be a good player, but he just doesn't do it often enough, I think. Let's be honest. Every single player is, is an upgrade on Gagliardini. So, every <laughs> single player is a very good player when compared to Gagliardini. So, I'm looking at on that from that aspect. So, yeah, that's, that's it for the first half. Uh, Chino, do you have any thoughts on Salcedo? Like um, Risto had asked, I don't know. I kind of like I'm took it off a little bit. You but... said, you know, he's fought well, you know, but coming up against our defenders, I don't know. He doesn't. Look, I, I, I honestly say as Esposito does, you know, but he's getting experience at Verona. I don't know. He needs that experience. Yeah, yeah. We saw that uh, how how much needed that experience is yeah. with Bastoni last season at Parma. Yeah, look at him. He, he looks like like a completely different player from what I've seen in, in the Primavera <clears throat> before he we signed him or when we signed him and he was still at Atalanta. So I think that this is much needed um, experience for Salcedo and uh, for Pinamonti at Genoa, especially playing Pinamonte, with some yeah, old right. Yeah. Right? So it's not yeah, even but, experience. Yeah. They have a buyback clause, I think. Or a gentleman's agreement or something For, like that. But he has been... Yeah, yeah I mean, he, uh, I, Like, there's a clause, but I don't see us bringing him back unless he, like, lights the world on fire. I, I, I think he has... I think he will. Maybe not light the world on fire, but uh, I think he could be an Italian international, for sure. And a good one. But... I mean, even even Belotti is an international no, I, player, I, I but he's scoring. I corrected myself and just said a good one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, like um, I lost my I lost my point. I wanted to say something for uh, Pinamonti, especially 
because um, he's been playing really good, and I can make a very good comparison with Salcedo because Salcedo scored last week against Brescia yeah. to give the Verona the the win, and um, I really like Salcedo. I I like his movement. I think he'll he'll. I mean, if he gets a chance, because most of most of the time. People uh, at Inter, the young players at Inter, don't even get a chance. Yeah. So we can never see how good or bad they are. Because once you give a chance to a young player, it's most of them that play at Inter are like 20 kids. So all of them ha- have a talent. The, the thing with Inter is that not everyone has the mentality to play yeah, for, for a club like Inter. Just like Daniolo. Like, if he stayed, he will never get a chance to play for Inter. But you know how many players that we have lost because of that? Because if, if I mean, I'm sure that if Odgaard stayed and got a chance, he would have been 10 times better than Zaniolo. But that's the point, that the player doesn't get a chance at Inter. And I hope that that changes, because as we've seen, Bastoni and Esposito got a, got a chance even in previous matches, even the Champions League, well, when we played um, Dortmund. For Esposito, so I just hope that we can see more and more of our uh, Primavera players get a chance. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a pattern. Like, if these guys that we've brought up so far keep doing well, then it might open a door for some more and some more. And we just have to see down the road, really. I mean, exactly. That's that's the thing. Like, we look at the the example with the Polish players in the Premier in the in the Serie. A. Like if if one player that signed uh, by a Serie A club proves his quality um, in in the Serie A, then every single club will try to sign a Polish player. How many Polish players are uh, now at in Serie A clubs? Like uh, at least it was the same thing with Croatians. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think that that's the trend. As you said, if one of them gets a chance and proves uh, proves it or uses the chance in the right way, then more of them will get a chance from the Primavera. So it's, it's a big task for uh, both Bastoni and the other guys on the bench. But if they can prove their qualities, I think that would be even better for our Primavera players to, to actually explode in the, in the, in the first team. All right. Yeah. Um, I, I see you guys talking a lot about the Primavera and whatnot. And I mean, I think everybody wants to see like a homegrown player, you know, come from the youth leagues or whatever and then join the main the first team and be you know it's probably it's just a nice thing and whatnot but I enjoy or I like the job that our Primavera has done in keeping us afloat during FFP and I mean it is a success. We may not have the players breaking out into our first team. We are chilling out quality Syria players no matter what. You know so I, I while I mean I understand your point of view where you want to see them come out and be on our first team, I still think we're doing a great job making the Syria players and making money off of them as well. You know, I can knock it. I think it's a good is good investment no matter what. Yeah, but like even if one of the players that um, gets a chance in the first team and actually uses it, you can sell that player on for fifteen twenty million later on. To some look at what Udinese did or Juventus did with Udinese. With Mandragora, like that's if one player, that's that's done, that was uh, just yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah but <laughs> fuck you, so that you compare us to Juve, we can't do that shit. We know financial doping. Master classes everywhere. You exactly. never know. Just, just <laughs> wait a few years when all of us get or all of the players has to buy, have to buy Suning products. It's gonna be, 
No, with this whole thing, I feel like there's there's a medium to it. There's a line that you have to tread to where you don't want to give up a generational talent. And I know people are calling Zaniolo a generational talent, but I still doubt that. I mean, yeah. the guy's got to do more than just a year and a half. He's a good player, but we may not have lost as much as everyone says we lost. But you want to keep those generational guys, but you also still want to cash in on other guys that aren't going to be as good while they're still hot. And if you can keep the great guys to yourself, like it seems like we're doing with Esposito and maybe, I mean, Bastoni, we bought him. and That was kind of a shady transfer, I'll admit. But, (laughs) yeah, if you can keep the great guys for yourself and send out the good guys and use that as a cash flow, then there's nothing wrong with it. It's like the Chelsea loan system, but you're actually making money off of it instead of overextending yourself. But have we just in the last have, ten years? How who have we lost that has turned out to be so great? I think we got we actually probably got the best out of Balotelli. You know, I think Balotelli was the best over the last ten years, and his probably his last ever season was probably one of his best seasons in football. I don't think he's great. You know, we sold Santon for ten million. So, I mean, even if even if a, if a club is able to pay a hundred thousand euros for Santon, it's, it's still a win for us. Yeah. <laughs> um I mean Santon I like Besa a lot. He's I know that he's injury prone, but he is a good squad player to have. Who's that? And especially in the Daniel Besa, okay. the guy that played for yeah, 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 Genoa yeah. last season. He's at Verona now, but he's injury prone so much that we actually didn't even uh, get a chance to see him that often. Yeah. But as you said, I think that we're getting the most um the quality out of him, but I don't even care about Zaniolo. I, I think that we look at Ben. We had the generation that won the Champions League, the youth Champions League. Yeah, with, with, with Biragi. Yeah, Besa, Biragi, um, Benassi, Duncan. They're all like very good squad players to have in your team. Much better than Borja and Valero and, and Gagliardini. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yo, that dude is terrible. I don't know. He he's not a Serie A player. I don't know how he's playing at, at Bologna, but like all props to him. That's Degree all I'm gonna Degree say. Degree <laughs> he I don't know, like he's he's terrible. Yeah, here we are starting talking about the first half. And now we're talking about the youth champions being in like yeah. 2011. But there's the beauty of having the podcast with your friends and not a corporate one like some other podcast. <laughs> that we're blocked from. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We don't have any kind of thing that we adhere to. We just kind of throw some shit at the wall and pick it up sticks and hope that you guys listen. Uh, yeah, Mike, what did you think about the second half since you, since you were the last one to answer about the first half? Um, the second half, it was much of the same. Um, no, but I tweeted something along the lines of every single small team comes to San Siro and plays the same way. Like they're going to get that early goal through some shit housing, and then they're going to put 11 behind the ball and you're going to have to break that down. Can you blame them? And it's frustrating. Well, no, I mean, it works. It's worked for years when we've been shit, but now it's changed and we can actually push through that and get these goals when we need them. And we got the first one through Vecino and it was a nice header. I mean, 
he climbed the ladder really well and yeah. put it where the keeper wasn't going to get it. And after that, that's when I knew that uh, I could sit back and I was like, yeah, we're going to win this game. Like something, something else is going to come. These guys can't defend that hard for, I think it was 35 minutes at that point. It's a nice beat. That it's it was nice just going to come. Yeah. Yeah. It's not wow, like other yeah. years where it's not like other years where you go down and you just turn the TV off. Cause you know, I mean, nothing else is going <laughs> to yeah. happen. To be fair, the, the, the last game that I turned off was when Udinese scored five at Giuseppe Mazza some six, seven years ago. Since then, I, I'm cursed to watch every single game. No, the but, last match I turned off was when we lost to... Um, I think I turned off the Juve game when they came back on us, like, Oh, I think I turned that one off. Oh, we don't, we don't go back then. Oh, we don't, we don't remember that shit. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> How would you talk about that? I, I don't wanna, I don't wanna talk about that game. I had, I, you know, I'm not <laughs> even gonna say anything. I uh, hit a nerve. Moving on. Oh, fuck. Sounds like that's it for today's episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Chin. Um, Mikey, sorry to cut you off. This continue. Yeah. So I mean, the conference is there any team, and once Vecino got that goal, there was like, I don't want to say there was no doubt, but you just believe that goal from somewhere. It was gonna come. It was gonna come. This team doesn't give up, especially in the league. I didn't know who it would come from. Like I said, Lukaku. I want to mention Lukaku. You missed a what not? I just wanted to fucking smash the screen. You just knew they were going to keep fighting and something was going to work out for us. I really love the team in the country. That he just doesn't give up. It's just, as, as I have to say, we haven't felt this way that we, we won't lose. We're just going to keep going at it, going at it, going at it. I, I really think it's something and, this season is going to be special. Hold on to that. And, and that wasn't a good assist from uh, Lazaro. To yeah. Vecino, Vecino yeah. was like he jumped high and he scored a goal, uh, a trademark goal to him. And the and, pass before yeah. that, I think, needs a Thanks. little bit of credit. The pass from Bastoni out to the wing to Lazaro for that for goal sure. was beautiful. Yeah, I mean the whole um, play was was beautiful to watch, and that was a trademark goal from Matias. And as you both said, like when we scored that goal. When I saw that there were like 25 to 30 minutes to play, I was like, ah, this is easy. We're going to win this. But it was a bit shy. Uh, we didn't have so many chances after all, after, after that. I mean, chances, like a clear chance. But then, Barella, oh my God. I was like, don't shoot, don't shoot, don't it's shoot. Because a beautiful goal. I wouldn't lie. Yeah, but I, I don't expect from Barella to score such goals because Why? I don't think he, he. I don't know. I just don't have a hope in him to. To have a good shot, you know. I, I never saw him as a good shot. Uh, or I don't know. No, yeah, he, I, I don't he, he had a couple of goals, I think, from, from outside the box. When he used to play for no, that was his first out box in Syria. I remember um, the mm-hmm. interpage tweeted it. And I was like, whoa. What? That, that, he scored that against... Outside? He scored yeah, against the in the Champions League, I think. He, yeah. But that's what's inside was, the box. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah, his bro, first goal. That's quality, you know. For sure, for sure. I think we just need one. Yeah. This team just is one midfielder away from having a really good team. 
I mean, the the midfielder that we need is that Cagliari. But, no, the midfielder you know, we need is Lazio, but or maybe one in Napoli. But I mean, if you want to talk <laughs> about the guy at Cagliari, we'll get to yo, that later. But <laughs> seriously, why don't we try to sign someone from Napoli, Napoli's midfield, because they're going through a tough patch right you think, now? You think Alan would be a good option still? You think? He's yeah, safe why not? Nice? Fabian Ruiz would be amazing. Of course, but I don't think nah, he he's that. too skinny, too skinny, too skinny. He's too skinny. He doesn't look like a football player. We need someone like Alan to run like a horse for 90 minutes. But then, is he the type uh, of player that Conte would like, though? Seeing that, I mean, I know we're going off. We're going off course again, as usual. But there's Conte nothing on course experience. here. You know, Conte was talking about experience and whatnot recently. That he has to rely on players from Sassuolo and Cagliari or whatever. You think we want somebody who still hasn't won anything either, or we just want experience? We're looking for quality and experience. You, rather you know what? Yeah, I know. I know the, that Mikey is the main guy, but let's let's forget about that because we're gonna talk about that when we talk about the Dortmund game because that was after okay, the, yeah, the yeah. Dortmund cool, game. Cool. Say something about the second goal, both of you. It was fucking um, amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> I didn't expect him to shoot it. I was like, oh, he's just kind of dribbling along the edge of the box. I thought he was going to wait and play like Lukaku in or somebody. And then he shot it, and I was just sitting there, and I was like, that's not going to go in. And it went exactly. in. It's like, <laughs> shit, okay. I mean, well, there it is. Like, don't have to worry about it anymore. And, you know, yelling, acting like I've lost my mind. But, I mean, I haven't seen a goal like that. Since Nangolan scored against, against UV, well, yeah, no, sure. I have. Well, I mean, we still had Kendreva do what he did against Lecce. Uh, there was that too, but that's just one of those goals where you sit and you're just like, "Well, fuck, he scored that." It brought the whole storm. The you, can, you can imagine being in the stadium when he scored that yesterday. Oh man, that's a drug. I wish I could have that drug yeah. every day. <laughs> Um, but after that, I mean, we finished off the game uh, pretty professionally. Um, yeah, everything seemed pretty chill after that. No more worries. But, Risto, what did you think of the goal? Did, did it remind you of any of your past loves at Inter? Whether it be <laughs> Nangalan, whether it be... Quaresma. Yeah, whoever. <laughs> of course, not no, bad one to do. I did I know that. Huh? Chris, might have scored anything like that for Inter? I don't, I don't remember that shit. No, he didn't enter. I don't think he ever did it. I mean, he didn't score something like that, but he won the Champions League, unlike your Mr. and Mrs. Icardi. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, that's another story. He might win this year. He might win this year. We only remember the guys that won the Champions League, which Icardi is not part of that exclusive club. Thank you very much and good night. <laughs> You can tell no, me about the goal, real. or you can tell me about the guy in Paris. I mean, yeah. Uh, we, I mean, we were talking about the goal. The goal was excellent. I didn't expect him to shoot. Um, I was just thinking uh, at, at half time when Brozic had a few shots blocked that, like, we haven't scored outside the box in oh, so right. long, and especially. Hmm? Remember, we started the season with some goals outside the box. Exactly. I was like, we haven't scored that many goals outside the box. Uh, since the first game in, in, in August, 
And uh, then Barella took everything in his own hands and scored an absolute banger, which I didn't expect. I, I, I just sat on the, on the sofa. I was like, what the fuck? Why did he shoot? And when he scored, I was like, bravo. I, I, will, I will never say anything about him, even though I like him. I, I don't think that he, he knows how to score, or I didn't. But uh, even in the summer, I, I wanted him at Inter. I think I was consistent throughout the podcast that he's the difference maker in the midfield because he's the one that's going to replace uh, Raja because we all know that Raja was was leaving uh, eventually. Yeah, and um, he's been he's, he proved that he's more than a good replacement for him because he's a combination of everything. He runs a lot. I, remember when we said through in the summer that he passes the ball like Brozovic. He runs a lot like him. He's he has the the fight like Raja, so he 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 has a combination. Um, he's a combination basically of all over midfielders that we had. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing to say about about the guy. The guy has been excellent throughout the season. I thought that him and Devray, especially especially Devray, were excellent in this match. They they were the difference makers because we've seen both Devray. Screener and even Bastoni getting out the, with the ball until the the halfway line, passing the ball or even the Vrai, um the took the shot that he took in the first half. I mean, they're excellent. I like Barella a lot, and the goal was just uh, the, a crown to it all. I thought that was going to be one of those that you know curls past the post and then hits the like advertising boards in the back. I thought it was one of those until it like hit the back of the net, and then I was like, well, shit. But um, <laughs> even Bastoni had a – I think he had a pretty solid shot at goal, tested Silvestri a bit, and that surprised me. Yeah. But I think everybody was shooting. Everybody brought their shooting boots and was just trying to break that team down. They wanted that win more than they wanted anything. The keeper was decent throughout the game, though. Yeah, every keeper turns into that when he comes to play against us. <laughs> I mean, I haven't, I haven't well, I guess seen anything. If we're ignoring the whatever that back was that Lukaku had the chance to head home and then just headed it straight at the keeper. I mean, I think that was the worst moment for that Verona defense was just that lack breakdown in communication between the back line and the um, keeper. So, what did you guys? Um, I hate to talk about this, but what did you guys think about Lukaku's performance? Um, I thought it was pretty good, but, like, I mean, he had the misses that are going to be on every Manchester United, every Lukaku hater, every <laughs> Bacardi lovers highlight reel. I mean, who the fuck cares about, about the highlights reel? Because uh, somebody pointed out on Twitter, I mean, even if we said uh, in previous episodes when we were doing the, the preview for the season – Lukaku is not about the, is not all about the goals. We we said that he is more than just a goal scorer for Conte because Conte likes strikers like him that are gonna contribute to the game, that will come back to collect the ball, to pass the ball, to be part of the game, to be part of the defense. Because as Conte even said previously, the defense starts with the attack. Uh, he's the one to track back. He's not one-dimensional player. Um, he, I mean, he's not as good um, or nearly as close as uh, good as the the guy that left for PSG when it comes to school scoring. 
but then again he he he's a different type of player that um contributes to the game more than him definitely and even though last um last night against Verona he missed a couple of chances he still had a decent game because we cannot say that about Icardi when Icardi didn't score he didn't do anything but yeah like we lost a great goal scorer but we got something more than just a goal scorer a contributor to the game and um I liked him I I I wanted him to score uh, but then again I don't care who scores uh, only only about the end result we we only we only care about the end result Yeah, I think that's a pretty good way to sum it up. Um, I do kind of like how goofy he is sometimes. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, when he got nutmegged <laughs> on the Bastoni ball into the box, I laughed a little bit. Like, this guy's just kind of goofy. And I accept that. And I love the guy. You have to accept it. You have no choice but to accept it. That's the thing with him. Goofy. What a description of player. He gives you at least three laugh or loud moments per game or per goal. You know the guy scores. <laughs> yeah, you have to give him that credit. He scores, no matter what. Well, against these sides and whatnot, he usually scores, and he gets his goals. But he'll never be considered like one of the best or whatever because of those moments. That's the reality. That, that's what you have to get. That's some high quality. You have to accept, you know, with him. But who cares about that? As long as he's contributing to the team, who cares who scores or what he does on the pitch? Like, well, I mean, it's uh, like football basics, he... right? I mean, controlling the ball is like a football basic. You know, so somebody who True. doesn't do the basic stuff. He's been stuff. better controlling it. I feel like that's a cheap shot now. He's been controlling yeah. the ball much better <laughs> in the past few games. was, like, oh, man, the man. beginning. It's just, it's just, I don't think he learned anything. Because every time he learned to control the ball over the course of the last two months, he'll always. Well, I mean, he, even he if he hasn't learned how to control it, he's learned how to control the fact that he's not going to control it. <laughs> Maybe I'm just playing mental gymnastics, but I feel like it's good. Yeah, that is mental gymnastics, definitely. No, I mean, he has nine goals. You just have to accept it. He scores goals, yeah? But he also gives you those moments where you just hold your head or you just want to laugh at him. You know, it'll always be like that. I don't think anything will change. Yeah. Except Who cares? Except... As long as he keeps yeah, scoring. Right. Yeah, that's your point. As long as he keeps yeah. scoring, I mean, it doesn't matter. He, he, he scored nine, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Moving into the less fun stuff, then, we'll talk about what kept us from actually doing a podcast in the midweek because none of us felt like even saying a word about this awful incident, but um, the three-two loss to Dortmund, um, yeah, Ooh, um, that was that was a tough game. That was tough to watch after the first half. Um, we'll just kind of go over it briefly. We we won't go into every single detail because none of us want to relive that. But uh, what did you guys take from this match? Anything? Chin, how did you experience the game? Bro, the first half was, I mean, from what, minute five, when um, Lautaro ran behind that ball and got behind the defense and that Tommy was behind. I was like, shit, what's happening here? You know, it was amazing football. That first half. I was totally unexpected too. 
right? I, I actually thought, I mean, I expected Dortmund. In the end, it ended up with Dortmund, obviously, fucking beating us. But the first half watching interplay like that, and I was like amazed. Like, I wasn't expecting it at all. It was great football. And, you know, everybody was playing out of their skin. So I, I was on top of the world. And I was like, shit, this really happening here. But then, like, I don't know what to say. I don't want to go into the second, second half as yet, but it was like, you know, it was a really happy surprise. I didn't expect us to start so good. And then to be 2 0 up away from home in that stadium, like, is what was the name of Westphalia or whatever. It was like, shit, yeah, we're really going to do this. You know, everybody, were you told us to? We were going to run away with this, right? I mean, honestly, um, I was. Shouting at the TV for Lautaro to to pass the ball to Lukaku because yeah, there was a clear though, goal. Fuck that guy! Really, just did that too. He just ran at everybody, ran past everybody, and like didn't care what. Where did he get that confidence from? <laughs> yeah, but he he's been he's been. I mean, that's selfishness at the end. Like he's not even confident. Like that's selfish. I know that you're confident, but come on, you're playing in a system of a, a contest system that. It's all about the team game. I know I love Lautaro, but in those chances, I mean, I can get if this is Verona or something like that, that you can create and score against them. But this is Dortmund. This is one chance that you may not get for 85 minutes after that. So that was pretty, pretty as you said, confident um, play for him. Uh, and I'm happy for him. I like him a lot. So he scored that, then um, Getze had a chance to score against Handanovic, which he did make a good save about, I mean, good save. He shot at Handanovic, but yeah, Handanovic did, did save that. Yeah. Um, and then shortly after that, I mean shortly after that, just before the, the end of the half, Vecino scored. I was like, when the ball was passed into space and he was ready to shoot, I was like, this is Vecino. He he won't score this. He's like Gallardini yeah. 2.0. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's, he buried that. And I was like, bravo. Like, I was surprised that he scored that because I don't expect much of him. We have we have our expectations really low for, from him. Um, so, yeah, but like I think Dor- that Dortmund deserves to score in the first half. But Handanovic and our defense were kind of shaky. I mean... Our defense was Handanovic was pretty decent, but um, yeah, it should have been two one for us in the first half. But um, it, it, if it was two one in the first half, maybe we would have been more wary on our toes, which we didn't do, which we weren't in the second half. But then again, I mean, Mike, what did you make of the first half? Oh, the first half was. I don't know. I, that was the first time I had seen that since that Barca game. And I guess kind of in the back of my mind, I was like, all right, what's the catch? After we get that second goal, yeah. I'm like, either we're going to roll yeah. this or this is going to be Barca 2.0 with even more pain. I didn't think that. And it turned out the second way. It was just in the back of my head. Like, I wasn't entertaining it. And yeah. More in my head, I was like, we're about to take six points from Dortmund. Yeah. I'm about to, like, show my ass on Twitter, in public, <laughs> everywhere. I not how to act. <laughs> But as Enter does, Enter brought me back to earth with a loud thud. That was a, it was a dreadful dress. I mean, what? Um, 
I lost my train of thought. Um, the, the first half was pretty decent for us, I thought. But when the first half ended, I was like, even if we concede two in the in the second half, I mean, a draw is still not a bad result from the a Dortmund away because even Barcelona didn't win here. So I was like, I mean, two 0 two one, maybe two two, at the worst two two. But come on, nobody could have predicted that in the second half. Guys, I don't know if you remember. You remember Eto's second season after the trouble? Mm-hmm. Do you remember how greedy he was? That, yeah, that little tarot because... reminded me of Eto in that, that second year. Eto would run run from the wing and Melito would be like in the middle begging for the ball and Eto would just dribble, dribble, dribble and shoot. I mean, he scored a lot of goals that year, but I always thought he was a lot. He was too greedy that year, and it was kind of yeah. I remember him. I remember him scoring a goal like that against. I think it was Palermo in the cup when it was four four, if I'm not mistaken. When Mikuli scored like three or four goals, Mm. he scored something like that. But I mean, uh, we we should never compare both of them because Eto and Love. Of course, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it um, just reminded me of that similar play. You know, he just yeah, 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 yeah. didn't want to pass it to Lukaku at all. He didn't. Yeah, yeah the goal was yeah, exactly yeah. as you said. Yeah. I mean, we can we can talk about the second half now. I mean, I want to I want to hear something from Mike because I think he was the most upset. Mike, I was the, the second half. Upset. You were the one like. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I'm the calmest person in, in this in this group. Oh <laughs> uh, no, but I was I had <laughs> yeah. just gotten out of class, like uh my last semester of college. Just gotten out of class. I skipped I skipped the class for this to watch this game. <laughs> but I got out <laughs> It's a it's last an L. Who cares? I get out. I go to like the nearest place. It's a coffee shop. I'm like, all right, I'll just watch my laptop. And, you know, it's going great. Two goals up. I'm just chilling. Um, we give up the first goal. I'm like, well, this isn't too good. I'm like, well, we can still survive this. But the pressure from Dortmund, whatever they did, had at halftime, whatever um, Favre was just like a piece of paper for like the last – 10 minutes of the first half whatever he said worked and that pressure that they just kept bringing on I was like we can't enter can't withstand this and the second goal comes in I'm like all right we'll maybe hang on for a 2-2 and the 3-2 went in and I wanted to like throw my laptop like sling a cup of coffee at, like, <laughs> three, I can imagine being in public while that was going on everybody could be watching like what's wrong with this guy <laughs> yeah yeah that was like that was the worst decision I've made. That was some massacious type shit. Like I was just like hurt. The the start of the second half was pretty terrible for us. We saw how good uh Hakim Hakimi can be actually because he was the difference maker for them. Uh, he was running the whole side. We even changed our center backs to cover him. We changed We gave um, up two goals to a fucking fullback. Yeah, I mean didn't they change uh uh I think, yeah, Conte put um, Kandreva instead of... Instead of Barani, yeah. yeah. Um, Kandreva was, uh, went from the, the right side to the left side to, to, to mark, actually, Hakimi, which he didn't do. But I just wanted to point out two things. First, uh, we, we, um, 
And Dortmund scored two goals from our mistakes. That being, we gave them the ball after... The free, uh, free throw, yeah. Or throw in. The, uh, yeah, after two throw-ins. Two throw-ins, two goals. That's terrible. That's not... That's not a, not having a quality. That's about mental lapses. Yeah. Something that we have seen in previous seasons where we couldn't beat a single team in two months. I think that's showing up right now. But I don't think we'll have something like that this season. But these moments are very, very close to that and a reminder of that uh, period. Second thing is that there's a lot of space uh, between our um, right and left Right and left, um, I mean, um, between the right, yeah, no, 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 between the left uh, wing back and the left center back, and the right wing back and right center back. Mm -hmm. That's how Hakimi scored both of them goals. Like, Kandreo wasn't covering, he was fast, he ran behind them, got the ball, shot, and scored a goal. Even Brand scored like that. It's terrible. Like, I expected more, I was disappointed by the end of the game, and I didn't even want to say a thing or two. I just Cover myself and fall asleep. I mean, something. <laughs> CN country one, you feel those things that you know make you wanna rip your eyes out. But CN country one, the left side too. Jeez, I don't think we have anything worse than that. Really? Yeah, uh, D'Ambrosio on the left side, on the as a win- left wing back. Oh, oh, okay. Alright, alright, alright. You got Oh, but everything, every single step in that second half was just wrong. Uh, I don't At least Sensi got a chance to play. Oh yeah, his twelve minutes before hurting again. Ah, did you did you both think that uh, this, the tackle that Schulz uh, did on uh, Politano was a red card or not? Huh. It was pretty ugly. I mean, but you can't just rip a guy's ankle off like that, like. Fuck, I mean, he he's out for weeks because of that. Like, you could tell it was a high-impact... It was a reckless challenge. And didn't even get a yellow card. Yeah. Well, that's football, I guess. So that's second half. I don't know. This game... Everything that happened in this game just felt, like, inevitable. I don't know why in the second half. Don't be so depressed. It was surprising. It was surprising, honestly. To give up three goals like that, it was. I don't know what to expect from this team. And, it's not even that. Not even against Dortmund, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, not being 2 0 up. Not after we beat them at home. They didn't expect to give up and see three goals like that. It was just strange. Totally out of character. That's why I blame it on Champions League, at least. I blame it on Conte Champ- and the Champions League. Around. Well, Dortmund turn around and get slammed four nil by Bayern at the weekend too. Yeah, that I mean they're 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 peaches. Like Bayern is the one that dominates in in head to head matches. But I mean, there's nothing that we can say more about this game other than mental lapse, because we have the quality. We've seen how good we can be even in Serie A, even against Barcelona. We got. Uh, both six points against both um, Verona and Bologna after being 1-0 down. But we lost both matches against Barcelona and Dortmund after being 1-0 and 2-0 up. So that's, that's not, not having quality. That's just mental lapse. 
we have to work on that, and that's the most important thing that we can improve this season, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it's going to improve, too. Uh, it's just going to take some time with these guys actually playing in the Champions League. Yeah, I mean, do we need anyone um, on the wings? To, do we need anyone um, to be signed for the wing-back position, for the left wing-back or right wing-back, Mike? In the, uh, in the winter, left- that is? Uh, not in the winter. That's a summer problem because in the winter, I mean, if we make it through in the Champions League, then maybe. But like, if we if we're not making it through Champions League and then we're just like fighting between the league and the Copa, then like, there's no point. We know those guys can handle that when the squad's at full depth. Do you think we need someone, uh, in the winter though? Any position? Uh, in the midfield. In the midfield, yeah. We definitely need so just some covering depth at least. We're gonna need something in the midfield, and maybe something up front if Sanchez doesn't come back. We need Sanchez badly because he just started playing on a on a highest level that he can, and he got injured. Maybe if we had a if we'd have had him, maybe we could have at least got a tie in this match because he was so good before he got a red card in that match and then got injured. I mean, uh, was it, was the report on him? When's his back? When is he back? Uh, just after December or in December, I believe. So basically Whoa. in January, the whole like a new signing thing. All right. So reaching even further back in everyone's memory, um, we'll just briefly mention um, the comeback against Bologna. At Bologna, I mean, that's pretty impressive in itself to come from behind away from home and you don't have your best football going. Um, what did you guys think of the match? Top player, worst player, anything? It was pretty oh, you impressive. Guys mean, you guys mean? You really want me to tell you, say Lukaku is the best player? <laughs> Just so I can exactly. clip it and put it everywhere. That's the point of the whole podcast. Of you uh, trying yeah, to yeah, say yeah, that Lukaku yeah, is yeah. better than the other guy. Like him. Like... Go ahead, just go ahead. Use. Go ahead. Oh, um, yeah, I mean, it was a pretty, really, it was an interesting game to watch uh, from a neutral ex- uh, perspective, uh, especially because Bologna had the upper hand in this match, uh, mainly because they were unbeaten for so long. Um, before they lost to to Roma a couple of I mean a month ago, but they're a really good side at home, like very good side. They even beat Napoli last season. Uh, they beat uh, some of the best teams in the league, and winning against Bologna and being behind um, in the second half is a pretty good undertaking for our team. It's it's a shown it's a sign that we have. Um, Took another step into the right direction with Conte on the bench. Um, Gagliar didn't even start for us, which is a novelty in of itself <laughs> because he's a minus player on the on the field. Um, I mean, Lukaku was excellent throughout the game. Uh, Lautaro too. Barella has been excellent through uh, throughout the, the the list of fixtures since the last um, international break. But Lukaku scoring two. I'm going to leave everything up to Chino to say. <laughs> uh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. 
Fuck. Yeah, that's um, not laughing. That's yeah, crying. But when you play the game, then um, Hellas this weekend they came at us. They played a you know they attacked. The game was a lot more even. Um, I mean, thanks to Lukaku, we left over the points. Eh? What else can I say? Thanks to Mbai, what's his name, for giving us the uh, penalty. Any suggestion? Yeah. Um, like I said, going down or whatever it is with Conte's team, you have no doubt. League, I have no doubts that we can come and fight back each time, really and truly. So. It is what it is. Um, what I wanted to talk about or ask, I mean, we didn't, I didn't bring it up as yet. What do you guys think about Peraki? He's been playing a couple of games now for us as a small manager. How do you guys think he's been I think he's been doing well, actually. I, 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 I am kind of tired of him. I don't the quality that we expected or wanted from him, even on the country as yet. You know, what do you think? I, I like Peraki, honestly. I just think he's average. Like, yeah. I don't know. Something about him. I mean, he got an assist in his first start. He's not awful. But, like, he's just – when he's on and Gagliardini's not on the pitch, he's just the least remarkable guy on the pitch. And well, That's good. I mean, if he's not – You know, he doesn't get all the blame, you know. That's good enough. Yeah, right? I mean, he's not, he's not shit enough for too many people to jump on him, but oh, he's not sad. great enough yeah. to have the – fan clubs, but I mean, he's really here just because he's homegrown. He takes up that spot for Champions oh, League. Oh, come on. Give him more where you have to have. <laughs> he's homegrown. He's Italian. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, Conte wanted him. Uh, Mike, you're reaching for yeah. that bottom fit. Yeah. Jesus, Mike. I didn't expect him <laughs> to be that fucking <laughs> negative about Biragi. I mean, is, yeah. what do you think? Of he's a decent player. He's nothing special. He'll never be something special. He's like 27. But, um, I mean, for a for an Italian left back, he's shit at defense and very good at, <laughs> at attacking, which is the complete opposite of what Italian football is all about. Uh, but that being said, he's something that we didn't have in previous seasons, which is a left back or a left wing back that can actually cross the ball and yeah. not fucking choke the ball when he had that ball. But and he is brought to be the guy that crosses the ball very well. So he had a few assists. Uh he's been playing well. I mean he's he's an upgrade on the Dalbert, that's for sure. So if you're looking at that way, so we got the better deal in this case. I mean, nobody's mentioning him. You don't hear anybody talking about him. He's part of the Saturday lineup for how many games now? And you don't hear anybody commenting on him, saying anything about him. So that in itself is a good sign, maybe. That's not being shit. I guess. Like, he's the most anonymous player on our starting level. Well, I guess he's doing his business, then. I mean, the only troubling sign I see is since he's come into the team more often that we're conceding. But that can also be down to everybody having to play every single match right yeah. now, which Conte kind of mentions in his comments where he talks about depth and bashes a little bit of the experience or lack thereof that the squad has in Champions League. And, yeah, what I got. I mean, there's nothing much to add to, uh, to this game. 
Um, I almost forgot. I just wanted to say uh, about the Dortmund game that even though we lost three to two, the afterwards after the game, everybody was talking about Conte squads, and I just wanted to see or hear what what you have to what, what do you have to say about uh, the quotes um, for Conte saying that Gooding is the only player that has won something, <clears throat> and you cannot rely on players from Cagliari and Sassuolo. I didn't think he was wrong. I mean, look at the squad. I mean, this is Lukaku's second season in Champions League, unless he got some time with um, in Belgium that I can't remember off the top of my head. I mean, Handanovic had last season. Skriniar had last season. DeVry had last season. And um, Brozovic had last season. And virtually everyone else never played in Champions League. So he wasn't wrong. I think he might have been a little over the top, but he might have just been looking at his own reputation as well as underperforming in Europe. But, yeah, I think he was right, but I don't think he had to say it the way he did. Like, I've heard people mention or say that it was was Conte being similar to Mourinho in taking focus of the players to say and putting the blame on management rather. But I don't know. He did he did call out like players in particular. So I, you know I can't really say that that's what he was doing, you know. Um, he shouted Barella and then exactly, Barella scores you know, so, a screamer. Uh, well actually exactly who has said not a sense yeah well I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I can't, I can't, Unless he was talking about... I think it had a lot to do with his own frustration, which is his, his, his reputation in Europe. And losing like that just, you know, feeds that fire and that, that, that perception that Conte isn't good enough in Europe. I am who thinks so, that he doesn't have the tactical nuance or whatever it is of that he would in hasn't done anything so far. He's capable. I mean, I think true fight information is limited in Europe. Um, I don't know. So, and, and being Conte, who he is, his attitude, and his, he seems like a confident guy, that hurts his pride a lot. And I think he's angling, obviously, to get players in the summer. And I'm sure, from what Morata said after the game, or before the game this weekend, that they will invest as soon as January starts. So, I guess a bit hit home. He is getting what he wants. By the outburst, so wait. I don't like his style or doing that sort of thing after a game. But if it gets results for him, well, then it'll be on him to perform now. I mean, for sure. But look at the other cases when he had some outbursts. He, he just hates to lose, which is understandable for a coach like him. He's a winner. Yeah. He wants to win. He wants to see his team prosper. And when you lose to Dortmund, that. Uh, after two um, two throw-ins that you've missed, I mean, who couldn't who who won't be uh, like mad in such instance? I get him. Um, I agree with him, but I think that I mean, as you said, comparing him to Mourinho, I think is a combination of both. I think that he really wants some other players, but also he uh, took the blame on him. I mean, didn't take take the blame. Mourinho took the blame on him. But Conte just reflects the blame. He doesn't. Uh, he's the type of coach that 
things that he's not responsible for uh, most of the most of the results when it goes either way. But I think that um, everything that he said is true, um, and even he deflected the, the the end point, which is we were two nil up and lost three two, and everybody was talking about uh, Conte after the game, which is a good thing, I guess, because I mean he can take the shit. Uh, as long as he wants, and the players can be focused only on the game. That's it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like it at all. I find it was kind of a little bit of the time, to say the least, you know. But you see, he's doing good in the league, so you can't fault him right now. But I can't Because he was part of the decision-making, no matter what, you know. So he, passed, he really passed in the buck on Morata and management and whatnot. I mean, he got to see his players... In the summer, he was the one from all reports. I mean, yes, they said Persich was only bad one who had to leave or whatever, but he gave Persich a chance, didn't he? As far as we know. And then he said, well, no, Persich can't work out. He was calling the shots. He got how many players? Was it seven players came in this season or more? I'm not Somebody sure. He got a lot of players. I mean, did he want a whole new starting eleven? I don't know. I think he... A little bit ticked in, and from all reports, to his similar attitude, it is a similar attitude that he had at Chelsea and at UV, where it was somebody else's fault when this team lost and not his own. Uh, I think that's pretty much everything for the matches. I mean, we've gone back pretty far. I can't say that I can rake my brain for too much more about a game at Bologna a week and a half ago. So, um, Risto, um, we've been taking questions over the week and I'm sure you've got some that need to be answered, that just need to be answered by us. <laughs> uh, so the first question uh, comes from the New Zealand Interista, and he asks um, the opinions about Lozaro and how he's been playing and performing so far. Just a couple of a uh, couple of words because we have already uh, covered Lozaro toward, uh, throughout uh, the podcast. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the guy he reps. So, I mean, yeah, Lazaro's been good. Um, He's been playmaking up the wing, and I like that. And he's looked good with the Austrian national team. Uh, He's looked good with us now. And if he can get some more defensive know-how down, I think he'll be a good player for a long time. Yeah, I like the fact that, you know, he isn't afraid to dribble past a player. Um, I like that about him. You know, we, I like the creative, the creativity and the speed. So, I'm hoping he comes good. Seeing him playing more often, you know, at least Conte is, you know, giving him his opportunity. Conte has confidence in him to play him because Conte has been fit. So, you know, he's been getting a chance. So, we look, he's optimistic. Yeah, I like him a lot too. Uh, I think only, the only thing, Downside is his. I mean, he's not bad defensively, but if he can improve that uh, side of his playing style, I think that he can become a very regular player, player and a very good win back for us. Saying that, we can uh, move on to as we and Mikey spoke uh, a bit earlier about some of the reinforcements in the January transfer window and. Uh, Sha- Uncle Sharma asks, "The would would we take Jaka as a challenger for Brozo's place? Uh, if not, who?" 
Yeah, I mean, we can take him. Um, I don't mind Xhaka. I think he's a pretty decent player. I think he's kind of not benefiting from the climate over there in London. But, I mean, who is at Arsenal right now? So, I mean, I feel like that's a pretty basic person to look to to reinforce that midfield spot. Um, I'd want to go for someone a little more proven, especially in Syria, like maybe Alan from Napoli, like we've talked about. I like Fabian Ruiz, but um, I, ha- I have been talked down from that by you guys. <laughs> I still think he's good, but I think that we should look more towards Syria, maybe the upper end of Syria, to get some of that European experience as well. But I mean, Jaka is decent i think he could do that job if we needed him to like i don't know if brozovic i mean yeah we need somebody who can come in to the midfield to probably give him a rest some games but i think he is one of the players that we need players around and like to benefit the team we need somebody else in the midfield besides barella and brozovic since he initially came as or what we thought would have been a Brozovic replacement. So if I'm adding to the midfield, I'll add somebody else, not to replace Brozovic or to bench Brozovic, but to make the team better, I'll add somebody who could actually play in the midfield with Brozovic, Barella. Yeah, that's it basically. So um, we mentioned Alan. If we could get Alan from that team, or too high of an ambition, Depaul maybe. From Indonesia, I would mm-hmm. go with him. This month, like this month, yeah. I may be the only guy that hates Jaka, but I absolutely despise him. I don't think he's a good player, and definitely not the player that we need right now. Um, especially if we're trying to move away from, um, you know, the locker room craziness. Yeah, and he's certainly not not the one that we we should look out for. Uh, as Chino said, the Paul, I think the Paul is the perfect guy for us right now. He has the experience in the league. He's an Argentine who, like most Argentines, perform very well at Inter. And I just, I, he, he wants to come at him. He wants to be an Inter player. He, it's obvious. And um, I would accept him very well. Like every single one of us would, would welcome him in, in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. So if I had to say, uh, he, he would be my pick. 30 to 35 million well spent. Moving on to uh, something that we already said. So, I mean, we covered this, but let's just mention it. Don says, uh, what are our thoughts on Conte's recent comments on the management players? Do we think um, it would be uh, more negative to the team? Or, I mean, losing the dressing room because some players don't feel to be trusted by the coach? Chin? Hmm. I don't want to be so extreme and say that they lose the um, dressing room. But, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I don't know. I, I want to agree with him on some level that some people might be offended by it. I don't want to be, I'm on the fence with it, really. I can't say. I'm being honest, I really can't say. I feel like he called out the best players he could. Like, if he called out Brozovic in this, like, Brozovic is going to, like, walk out of the dressing room flapping his arms twice as hard <laughs> as he does on the pitch. But <laughs> I think it's okay to, you know, try to give that little bit of jolt, even if it's negative a little bit. 
it's not a good look to do it in the papers, but maybe every now and then it works. So I'm okay with it now. If it becomes a recurring issue, then I think you do risk losing some players and really making the club as a whole look bad. I mean, I kind of agree with, with, to a certain extent, with both of you. I don't think it's it's a negative to the team. I just think that if something like that can, if something if something like that, in this stage of uh, the season and in their careers, if something like that can actually demotivate you, it's a bad sign for you as a player because it's just a comment. Your coach is trying to improve the team, just wants to win, and you have to work along with him to to achieve the goal of the team, which is to play a better football, to eventually win the league in the next year uh, or so. So, I know, I don't think it's a negative to the team. I just, he's trying to motivate the team in every way possible. So, we don't have, um, we don't have Spalletti anymore. We have a character in the dressing room, a character in um, in Conte. So, yeah, I think only, only um, we can only improve from now on. Uh, moving along, um, Adriano FC, the, the Albanian brother, asks an uh, interesting question. Um, is, is, is this an actual depth issue or does Conte's system overwork the central midfielders to cover the midfield and the flanks? Mike? Um, I want to shout him out. He sent me a DM the other day um, with some jerseys he had ordered. It was, he said like mail day or something. And I didn't reply and I'm sorry. Uh, they were nice. It's this year's quick flex but um (laughs) is this an actual issue um i just think it's the depth i don't think that it's overworking because really brozovic to me is doing a lot of the same stuff that he did with spalletti like he's just keeping the play ticking maybe he's having to run a little bit harder in training and on the pitch but he was covering as much ground as he is uh, he was covering as much ground then as he is now so I don't see it as being an issue. I just think it's depth. What happened to Valero? Why why Valero isn't getting any minutes at all? Though? We have six midfielders, Who right? Knows? And we went in the season with six midfielders. We obviously were supposed to have or Valero was supposed to be maybe a backup to somebody, but the guy isn't getting any minutes at all. I mean Conte just I don't think Conte trusts these guys. So I don't think they're being overworked. I guess just doesn't have his trust in certain players. So maybe, and some are being overworked, right? Not performing like Gagliani has been performing to the standards that Conte wants. Neither of us, you know. And so he's been stuck time and having to play them. So it's not that I think it's a quality problem, but he's depth or quality, a lack of quality depth. But is it is it his systems problem? I think is the real like bottom of the question. Well, I, think, well, is... I guess so. It has to be a system because we played with um, Vecino for a while on the Spalletti, and we did pretty all right for a good portion of the season. You know, so I think it's his system because if Valero can't get any minutes now, it's because of his system. I don't think it's an issue uh, of the system to, to that extent because. We've seen examples of, I mean, Mourinho did that when, when, <clears throat> when Maicon went up the pitch, Zanetti was the one that covered Maicon's position as a right back, uh, because Kivu was always um, the defensive uh, left back in in, in Mourinho's system. I think when 
when some of the wing backs go up the field, the midfielders, or um, in in many cases we've seen not the midfielders, but Skriniar, Bastoni, or Godin go up the field and cover those positions. Um, I think the lack of I, I don't think we have a lack of, lack of depth, but Sensi being injured really screwed us up in in this period because he he could have been the solution that we needed in the in the midfield. I mean, he was up until the point he got injured. But all in all, I think uh, it's not it's not a fault of the system, but rather the personnel and the lack of the personnel um, in the team right now. Uh, and for the last question, we turn to Andre B, who has been the most uh, consistent listener of the podcast. Um, and he asks, um, how do you guys see our best defense? Is Skriniar better on the right than the left? Bastoni, um, good or worthy, wise Godin? Should Godin be in the center with the round right? So basically, um, let's, let's dissect. Is Skriniar better on the right or the left? He's better on the right, for sure. Um, I think we've seen that in the past season, and we've seen that this season as well. Hmm. Tough call. I think I think Shkinia overall. Right, right or left? Sorry, sorry. Right, right, right. I got right. Bastoni, a worthy wise good in. I mean, that's what he is. Him, He's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he is right now. He's gonna be the guy that comes in when Godin needs a rest or isn't fit or what have you, or it's just a smaller match and you need to give him some time. Like, yeah, yeah. Bastoni's gonna cover that spot. Should Godin be in the center with Goodevray on the right and Skriniar on the left? No, I don't think so. I think that's just the shuffling a little too much. I don't think Godin is as confident on the ball. He's decent on the ball, don't get me wrong. We've seen him give that assist to Sensi. But I don't think he's as sure always with the ball as DeVry is. And I think DeVry plays a little bit differently and dropping a little further off in the defense to play that role that he plays in the middle of the defense. And I think Godin's just a little bit better out on the sides where he goes out and attacks whoever is probably running down at him at that point. And, yeah, I think that the setup where we have DeVry in the middle, Godin on the left would be kind of – I guess hypothetical at this point, but put Godin on the left and put Skriniar on the right, and I think that might be our best defense. I forgot your question because Mike, you went on for so long, <laughs> but I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't affect or change the defense how they line, how they line up. Devry has been probably one of our most underrated players this year and probably last year as well, but he's been our best defender this year. I wouldn't change his position for anything. Let everybody else change around him. But he has been solid, and I wouldn't change him at all. I think that's everything we've got here. We've gone on long enough, but you guys have got two weeks to digest all of this, to tell us how wrong we are or what have you. No, we're recording next week, sorry, Mikey. Well, we're recording next week too, but you've got two weeks to get through two podcasts. So (laughs) keep listening to us, keep liking, keep subscribing, sharing, what have you, interacting, asking us questions. We really need the questions and we really appreciate them and we always try to answer all of them so i mean with all that being said thanks for listening guys um if you're still around and we'll see you in the next one we'll see you next week